significant mineral redistribution changes are coming to EVE Online. CCP has announced that this October, mineral-based asteroids will no longer be found everywhere. They will instead be in specific places. Low-end minerals, you'll find those in high security space. Mid-grade, those are going to be in low-sec space. And all the high-end minerals, or the asteroids that contain those, will be in null-sec. And wormholes, there won't be any minerals there. It'll just be a ton of gas. And look for fuel costs to change, as ice mining will also have some adjustments. There is a lot going on here, and we'll talk all about it in a few minutes. Welcome to another episode of Talking In Stations, the EVE Online Weekend Report. I am Adderall. Today, we'll review the week's news for both games and players. And later in the program, we'll talk all about minerals. Our panel today, TS subject matter, TIS subject matter experts, beginning with Elise Randolph of Pandemic Legion. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Elise covers NullSec, Alliance Tournaments, and EVE History. We have Arcia Elkin, also known as Baleful Dysnomia. Hey, how you doing? She's from Electus Matari, and she covers Empire Space, Invasions, Role-Playing, Solo, and Small Gang PvP. Uh, and we have Caleb Aranya. Hey, guys. Uh, Caleb works on economics, macroeconomics, and theory. And then, of course, McLeod, who is our engineer from The Initiative. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Great. All right, we're all here. Uh, there's a couple of things we want to take care of first, because a lot has happened in the game besides these mineral redistribution uh, charts that have come out. Uh, we want to talk about Triglavians and get an update on what's going on there, because that looks like it's about to end, and then talk about the war, especially 49TAC-U, which is a pivotal system, a historic system, and a lot's going on there. Uh, first, Triglavians. All right, so as a lot of people probably know, uh, there was just a system timeout in Ignoiton, which was a liminal uh, candidate. And there was a lot of pressure on both sides from some of the bigger groups, the bigger null groups and local pirates to keep that system neutral. And as far as Edencom is concerned, as long as it doesn't go liminal, we're fine. And if they were willing to put in the work to, uh, the, they being the pirates and the, uh, the null groups, were willing to put in the work to keep it uh stable and timeout that's that's just a break for us and it did actually make it to a to a timeout so the vital jump freighter system of ignoiton is just both sides withdrew so there's no uh further state there i don't think it's gonna stop the sino jammers in the system like they want to like they expect because it's just based on sinos happening in systems and not even calm wins but th that's just how it is Right now, people are fighting over a low-sec liminal in the Republic space, which, if captured, would be the 27th liminal, which is the number they're shooting for, which is believed to be the case because nine for each of the three clades of Triglavians. That's kind of what everybody thinks in their head. Yeah, so right now we're sitting at 26 systems that are in final liminality for the Triglavians, so this might be like the very last one, right? Right, there are two liminals up for... Uh, contest right now but one is in solitude and that is even less convenient to get to than iridia which already the joke is neither side goes to iridia right and solitude's even worse so they are i believe actively contesting the minmatar system in low sec right now both sides 
Um, I literally just woke up, so I don't know how it's doing, but I've seen all the pings for it. So I know people are there right now. Hopefully uh, within the next, we do you think it's going to end on, I think it's going to end on October 6th when the quadrant ends, the whole invasion chapter, because that would kind of make sense. It would, it would line up with when the quadrant ends and it's, it was said to end early October, which was kind of what everybody was banking on. So it's not that six is divisible by three. Right, right. It's not that. <laughs> um, C- CCP recently gave a fireside chat to the Edencom side. Uh, so there was a second fireside chat with CCP. And a few things were of note were said, like minor victories are not going away. So what will... We'll, Play into this later. All the minor victory systems have the, have that special ore in both high and low sec that I think is going to become pivotal after the resource changes. So look for Rakovine and Talasanite becoming important after the mineral distribution changes. It'll be a way to get like Noxum in high sec and decent amounts and Isogen in high sec and decent amounts. And uh, of course, it's in low sec too. And there might be some, in, there's going to be some in null with the metaliminal storms in the metaliminal conduits. So there'll be a, that'll be a way to get tritanium in null set in the metaliminal, just specifically the metaliminal storms with the metaliminal conduits. Right. That's pretty neat, actually. So when the storms first came out, everyone was like, what are these for? Like, why would anyone willingly go into these systems? Uh, like a lot of people theory crafted that, Hey, when a storm is and people just like not undock for a while, but it's probably going to be the exact opposite. People are going to be like fiending over the, the rare ores that they can get now, which is kind of something that, um, seems to be Ritati mentioned, uh, in terms of redistribution on the show on Friday. So it's neat that all of these threads are like sort of coming together. And for the question in chat, yeah, the, the special ore has higher mineral content, but there's no like refining skill for it and it can't be compressed. So that kind of balances out a little bit because uncompressed ore is big. I think McLeod had a very interesting point earlier in the Discord uh, chat where he was commenting on some of the other side effects that could actually be on something like the storms. Would you like to take it yourself, Mac? Uh, it, it's a theory. I don't know whether you whether you want it in the I, show. I think it's really good tinfoil, and we can always use good tinfoil. <laughs> so um, it's part of the, like, I'm always there kind of wondering how the, the, the rollout of the uh, the metaliminal storms and partic- like occurred and, and kind of why it uh, ended up being pushed into or, or put into uh, null second sort of like sort of low sec kind of area, right? Um, because, you know, as it's Triglavian in nature, you would expect it to be in, you know, the areas of the game that that particular kind of content is uh, is occurring, right? Um, and part of the eco- ecosystem sort of changes and stuff, the, the third sort of segment of it uh, is about um, dynamic redistribution or, or sort of dynamic redistribution. Is that right? Yeah, that's the right Yeah. Term. So... Um, I've been, I was always kind of wondering how is, you know, what kind of method, what, uh, what mechanic is CCP going to use to sort of dynamically redistribute things like say maybe, you know, Moongoo, you know, sort of, uh, the R64, 32, 16, uh, materials that you get out of moons when you, uh, you know, when you mine them with like an ethanol. Um, and I thought to myself, like, 
I mean, because this this is entirely you know a theory right now. Um, I thought to myself, like, if we're having these storms slowly moving through, like, null sec and going into low sec and that kind of stuff, um, if they pulled and, like, spread, uh, like, that material um, or, you know, the R64 kind of materials into different areas, you know, as they go through, that would be an interesting way of being able to redistribute those materials but not in a massive way and not in a way that like it is really sort of gameable by players because really it's it's a it's a mechanic that is purely under the thumb of ccp yeah and exactly why i thought that was so interesting was because well the fundamental idea that i think ccp is trying to do is to actually put back farms and fields but where farms are actually farms with crops right and if you have farms with crops and weather logic, right? We we are kind of straying into the main topic kind of thing. <laughs> so, well. sorry about like, that. Like another question, uh, a lot of on a lot of people's mind is what's going to happen to the liminal systems and what's going to happen to the fortresses after this thing ends. And we know we've seen animations for both gates turning off and gates turning on. So some of the ideas are obviously that. Well, not obviously, but some of the ideas that have been floated around by by some people are a the systems get ripped into abyssal space and they're they're like wormholes, either like wormholes or something you access with like filaments. Um, the that'd be the the liminal systems, of course, or b like the gates dynamically open and close based on certain conditions, which would provide a dynamic route that like a dynamic route around New Eden that maybe. I think they might have been aiming for with wormholes that didn't really pan out that way because like your your route planner would know Niarj is open today, Niarj is not open today. So and we've also heard ideas that like you can get through in like a pod or a frigate, but not like a battleship. And that would make choke points for like you you can get through there, but you can't bring a fleet through there, right? Or so, in the case of Niarja, you can get through there, but you can't bring a freighter to trade. Right, right, yeah. So nobody knows exactly what it's going to be, but um, there's a lot of really interesting theories floating out, floating around for the liminal systems. For the fortresses, it's it's kind of a bit, bit of a nobody really has many leads. They might just stay the same. They might just they might have something cool going on with them. I assume there's going to be reasons for Triglavian standing and reasons for Edencom standing. So maybe there's something cool to do in the fortresses and something cool to do in the liminalities. Otherwise, like, why is there a choice if they're not cool things on both sides? Yeah. It's, CCP has said, like, you got to pick a side and you got to do it fast uh, to players. Do you have any idea what that's about? Um, well, I just assume there's, they have a lot of content planned for the future that they're excited about in these, like, they're mirroring these systems between tranquility and serenity. They're, they're obviously really important to their plan going forward. Like both the fortresses and the liminalities are mirrored, so like it's that tells me that CCP has like like long like important plans for these these systems, and they want people to get involved in the stuff they're working on. Uh, CCP did put out a devlog not last week, but the week before that, saying, "Hey, if you've got assets in some of these systems, uh, which are the Triglavian victories, the uh, final liminalities, uh, final liminalities, not like the minor victories that." Yeah, you should. They said you should get your stuff out, and ironically, 
a lot of people started putting stuff in at that point. Like we're going for the ride <laughs> because you put like, like Astro houses and Fortisars are like anchoring in the Illuminati. It's like, let's go for the ride, bitches. Drop let's see what happens. Yeah. 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 We used to light things on fire when we were kids. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> put an Astro house in it and see what happens. Yeah. No, like what's the worst case? You lose an Astro house. It's fine. They also uh, introduced, uh, the tier zero abyssal filaments and the tier six abyssal filaments, uh, which players have finally been uh, tinkering with. Uh, the tier six ones are really, really hard. Uh, I thought I had a ship that was survivable for all of them. I ran about a dozen uh, and I was like, okay, I just barely want, I, I barely finished them, but I, you know, I'm finishing them, pulling up fat stacks and I just got two really hard spawns in a row and ended up timing out and it was the worst feeling um so like there's I, I don't think there's a ship you can definitely always do it in right i think there's always going to be a chance of death in the, in the sixes unless you really bling it out yeah but yeah in the fireside final liminalities fortresses and minor victories for both sides are going to be around and i think that the minor victories are going to be important for that or and maybe the the third tier track leaving an ore will be more abundant in the liminalities, the bezo or whatever. Um, the one that's above the Rakavine and the Talassinate, because that one's like really, really good, but it's only really in the world arc uh, sites. But one interesting point about the world arc uh, and CC, it was showing world arc sites in the final liminalities, which is a new development because before they were only in the well the invasion was active in second liminality before it went to final so there was a really really short window in what you could do the world art but now more people might get a chance to actually experience that content because like there's like 30 of us that that have and like nobody else in the game wow so that's the test server you saw the world arc make a return there it we've seen it somebody has a, a screenshot of mm. in Sekenta, which is one of the final liminality systems there was a world arc site available to run and that would give people a chance to actually do it because there's like a window of about five and a half minutes where you can actually do it in, in systems that are in second liminality. And it's, it's like when the Triglavians have just about one, but it's an, a site for the Edencom to do. So it's kind of really, really certain conditions have to be met to, get, to run that. And Sekenda is a system that's two jumps from Jita, right? Yeah, Sekenda is the one two jumps from Jita. Mm. All right. So you you predict that early October six, you said, might be the end of invasions, and you need to pick a side before that. Well, you can. They said that you can adjust standing okay. after it ends. So there'll be the minor victories will be around. You can show up and farm one side and adjust your standing if you want to adjust your standing. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's I. It's probably easier to to run an active invasion for standing, right? Because there's right. going to be fleets. But but the big deal is to get your stuff out of full liminality areas. That was I think the... unless you are willing to wit risk stuff for science, because there's a chance they just glass the system and everything is gone, right? Um, which is kind of what everybody expects to happen, but people are putting stuff in there anyway, just uh, science for science. 
you should, I don't know you should you, get your stuff out. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned, I think you mentioned this before, but we, we assumed that the bridges, because we saw that animation in the Zenith trailer at the very end, the bridge, the, uh, stargates collapse. Yeah. And there, there are animations in, uh, the game for both the stargates turning off and the stargates turning on. Oh, wow. So so that that stations, the Triglavian stations. Yes, there are Triglavian stations. So that's something you got to assume is going to be there. Right? The Triglavian stations that popped up on uh, Hobo Leaks a few weeks ago. So in, in the grand scheme of things, is this like a new low sec where these systems will be connected to each other with their own I, I, I think it's like a new wormhole, like a new, ano- like, I think they're going to be c- kind of like filament wormholes or, or like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is going to be a low sec if the gates still sometimes work, if, if it's going to be like a, a pseudo, it's, it's going to be the fake null sec with, without the, without the bubbles and without the bombs and I wonder if it's still going to be based on the original security status of the, the systems where in like the one, the low sec ones that went liminality, you can still like Sino and Boosh, mm-hmm. but you can't bubble or bomb. And in the high sec ones, you can't like Boosh or Sino. So I wonder if that's still going to be like a factor in what you can do in the systems. If I can don a, a little bit of a tinfoil myself, I remember quite vividly, um, a roundtable at FanFest three or four years ago where CCP Rise said, how cool would it be if there was an area of space that you entered, but you couldn't bring your assets with you, right? You couldn't have uh, all of the stuff that you've accumulated, all the wealth you've accumulated. You have to start fresh in this one little area, but then you could come out and get access to your stuff again. So, uh, so what that, about the, what about the flip side? Can I just ask, Elise, what about the flip side? Because what about exports, right? Because that's really an important one for what we're going to talk about later. I mean, I think your tinfoil has a lot of merit because there's definitely like the idea of the idea floating around that like you can't get significant amounts of stuff in or out. But it remains to be seen what they're going to do. Like nobody actually knows, but yeah. I think your idea has well, merit. Yeah, at least I think that, that's first time I heard that. That's pretty interesting. In a quick kind of a quick question that I'd like to put to you guys though as well is um, these systems that are going to get connected together. Like, do you think there's going to be some kind of Triglavian based sort of like Sino jamming sort of sort of thing going on? That means that you can't get into those systems uh, in like a sort of like a uh, well in the a ones typical that, way. Because sorry, different. The ones that were originally high sec, you can't Sino in right now. The ones yeah, that yeah. were originally low sec, you can. I feel like they're not going to let Sinos jump in because then you could just move whatever in with a jump freighter, right? If they want to cut it off. Well, the the interesting thing is you can Sino inside of low, you know, the the, the low sec ones that the have gone, ones, yeah. like even the yeah. Edencom kind of places. Like you, you can't use yeah. regular Sinos, but you can use Cobit Sinos. So I'm kind you of can wondering use regular whether... Sinos in the low sec ones that have. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah, because you have to remove. It's the... just low sec rails. It's just low oh, sec okay. rails. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wouldn't that also almost be an answer to what I asked? That that could also give you the uh, the point out, right? You can export with that. Right, yeah. You could use a jump freighter and then that's... I don't... I feel like they're going to block Sinos. Maybe either they rip the systems off the map entirely or there's just Sino jammed in all of them because if if you're restricting heavily what goes in, it doesn't make sense to let jump freighters just jump in. 
No, but out would, right. out would be interesting. Jumping in. Jumping out. Yeah. Go through all that to like build up, uh, build up like capital assets and jump out. Well, the, the interesting thing is if you, if you reside it to, well, maybe not like, I mean, if you build capitals in situ, maybe, um, but if you reside, if you, if you reside it to resign it to just COVID signers, like you can have that situation where, um, and a lot of people kind of have been kind of wondering or wanting this sort of like this type of space, but sort of like a, a low sex style space, but not somewhere where you can basically get counted countered by people dropping like titans and, and capitals and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's an interesting proposition that could occur, uh, you know, with this space that's interconnected with itself, uh, disconnected from, you know, from New Eden in general, but allowing you to still kind of get into space in sort of some a degree of a limited way, right? I think the one big thing here is we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually kind of cool back. to not know, right? That's one of the things that I really enjoyed when I, when I was on the CSM and then left. My favorite thing was I have no idea what's coming next. Um, I, I'm not sure what the CSM knows with, right. uh, with this stuff. I'm sure they get like little tidbits of it, but I don't think they really know either. And it's exciting that there's stuff that's happening in EVE Online, nearly a 20-year-old game where we have no idea what's going to happen now. I just want them to, to shut them out of the entire gate system completely and bring the highway back. Because I, I just so, think that would be so interesting. So, like, the one thing that somebody was tinfoiling last night is that they think it's going to be, like, an iteration on everything that's been abyss. Like, they think maybe we'll fill them in over to the the systems and like we'll run a flashpoint and at the end there'll be like an option to pvp with like another group who also ran a flashpoint kind of like how there was the bonus room in the abyss um but it's like on, on a like a, a bigger scale with like a whole fleet or something maybe um not instance but like you actually go to a system that has this stuff and maybe there's like limitations as to where you can warp or when you can warp and Maybe there's going to be like PVP around the content that happens in there, but seriously, like Elise said, like, we're going to say it. You get like seriously, force Elise, I, I think you need to back me up on this, right? Because everyone is always <laughs> screaming about reset and classic E, right? If we get stuff like the highways back and all distribution back and all of these things, it's going to feel like classic E. It will. It will. I mean, I've I've gotten that uh, that injection of classic E from. Eve Echoes, which is essentially the Eve universe that they shoved on fast forward. Uh, so I got to watch people like sneak out to low sect and null sect to try and mine adventures and frigates so they can get the cruisers and stuff like that. Uh, that, that lasted about a month and a half. Now everyone's like giga rich there. Now they started complaining. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we caught up to real Eve. Um, but yeah, that, that does, that does do yeah. it. I got to say, Caleb, it looks like you're going to your first communion or something. Like, era. I had to, I had to get the pink oh, shirt because I knew that Elise was going to be on, and, and the chances of him being in pastel colors was very high. So I kind of <laughs> had to match it. That is fair. That is fair. I don't know. That looks like an off white, not a pastel, but you look good. Um, okay, kind of vampire-ish now that I think about it. Um, Let's go. Uh, thanks very much for that update on Triglavian stuff. That is super interesting. A lot of people are involved in that kind of stuff. 
another area where a lot of people are involved is this war that's happening in the South. Some of the uh, biggest fights we've seen in a long time are possibly going to happen. Elise, what's going on? All right. So this is where we get to all collectively pat ourselves on the back. Because uh, last <laughs> week we were talking about what's going to happen next. Uh, we saw a lot of the, I guess, now called Anaconda Coalition, the, the Allied forces against the Imperium. Uh, they moved and settled into PTAC-Z in Quirius, uh, which puts them in direct conflict range pretty much, uh, like sometimes just one midpoint away, sometimes just direct jumps of the Imperium forces. So we have these two capital and super cap forces that are no longer split. They're no longer on other sides of the map. They're no longer quite far from each other. They are right in range of one another. We did predict and we suggested that there would be some conflict and some fights happening. Uh, I, I think we probably dialed it down so they would probably be more subcap oriented rather than big cap oriented, but because people can respond so quickly. But uh, no, we just went straight straight to the end. All right, they, they went to the end game immediately in the system of 49th IQ, uh, one of the more storied systems in EVE Online. It got another chapter. There was a, a big fight that went down. So it started out with, um, I'm sure, I think McLeod was there as well. I was there, oh, I was there. Uh, kind of in the beginning. All right, so, cool. so from this is my perspective from how it went. So we'll just do like a quick rundown of what happened. Uh -huh. um, and then we can talk about like the aftermath of what happened, right? So there's a subcap force that was there. Uh, the Imperium dropped triage. Uh, Horde countered that triage by dropping a group of like 25 or 30 dreads. The Imperium countered that by throwing some caps on the, like super caps in the mix to get rid of those dreads to protect their triage. Um, and then just more dreads came in. And then all of a sudden, the entire super fleet from the Anaconda side is on grid. Uh, you have got the Supers and Titans at range, and you have the like 500 Dreads, or not 500, 300 Dreads came in um, right on the Fortizar grid, the Imperium Fortizar grid, and just started to try and delete uh, Supers as fast as they could before they could detether. Um, then the uh, Imperium side said, oh shit, <laughs> this is going in a direction we don't want to escalate further. There's already 3,400 people in local. Let's get safe. Um, they warped off a lot of their supers that weren't tackled or they retethered in some instances because they're already on their own Fortizar grid. Uh, and they ended up losing 15 to 20. It's kind of hard to gauge how many actually died because um, Zekiel, <laughs> Zekiel died and the server wasn't exactly in the best of shape. So we ended up getting mails like, I think we got a mail uh, from the Zekiel bot uh, yesterday, the, the day before, even though the fight was... Uh, a few, quite a few days ago, <laughs> but, but in total about 1.2 trillion is died. Um, the, uh, Anaconda side did lose two supers. One was just AFK. So they fragged them themselves, the other, and I think this should always be rewarded. Uh, a guy joined the horde fleet and lit a Sino and said, jump to me, jump to me, jump to me in fleet. Uh, <laughs> just a spy did this. Right. And one guy jumped. <laughs> There's all, it always seems like this works exactly like for one or two dudes. Uh, so it worked. They got their frag from that poor port Nix. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about the, the whole area is definitely a powder keg ready to explode. It exploded in 49 attack and, um, the, the Imperium were probably licking their wounds a little bit. A lot of their momentum, a lot of their, uh, swagger got slowed. They're not beaten or broken by any means, right? Like that's not going to happen after one fight. No. Flesh wound. Yeah. 
but but it is a good sign for the uh, allied groups who I, I think they needed a win as well um they they needed something to, to kind of bolster to show their side that they can still uh that they're still in this fight what they're fighting for stuff like that i heard well, this some i heard some of the imperial side saying there were some server issues with the pds not clearing the bubbles like it should have and that's that led to some of the super deaths that might have been avoided otherwise yeah, that definitely was, there, there, there was, was definitely lots of an issue. Stuff. There was also, uh, I think, uh, carriers that uh, didn't have any fighter options at all. So, like, what do you call a carrier or a super carrier with no fighters? I think we came up with something like maybe it should be called a man purse. It's literally a suitcase, and that is it. Yeah. Well, the, this, um, was, this was a reinforced node, we should say. So it yes. should have been much more capable to handle all the stuff uh, that it was given, which is kind of interesting that it was reinforced. But yeah, some of the stuff I heard from the other side is that they 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 really wanted a really good fight, but some of the wind got taken out of the sails of the fight for them because of the, the server issues that they experienced. Um, I obviously wasn't there because I'm not in, on either side in the in the war, but that's just what what I heard. Kind of like put a black mark on the fight that happened. Yeah, this was kind of their their KVN in a way, right? So in KVN in in Fountain, the uh, the Panfam side got kind of screwed because the server crashed. Um, in this case, the server stayed up. There were thirty four hundred in local, and uh, you know it just it was very slow. It was sluggish. Uh, Dreads went into a second seed cycle without using any strontium, which was kind of weird. Um, you know, one of the tricks in in this uh, in high lag situations is you split your levels of strontium. So when you're or you move it to um, outside of your fuel bay to your core hanger, so the siege module can't actually get any strat, Um or it doesn't know that there's enough there. So it'll just even if you click the button and the server doesn't uh, respond to the siege red command, it can't get any more strat. Uh I went one step further. I jettisoned all my strat. I just dropped it out in space. I said, okay, you're gone. I don't want to deal with you anymore. This was about two minutes, two real minutes, or yeah, two real minutes, um, non-tie-dyed minutes before the siege, second siege cycle was coming up. And I was flashing red. Uh, after that, uh, even though with no strand in my bay at all, I, w I went into a second siege cycle. I will say if you just want to know the kind of the the speed and the quickness that these caps died. Um, it's, it's kind of weird to conceptualize this. So the fight was a few hours long, right? My, uh, all of the caps or all of the Imperium supers died in one siege cycle. Uh, that is how, how much firepower was on the field. Five minutes, uh, 15 supers dead and countless dreads. Uh, what's that feel like for commanders? Is that a pretty scary, fact these days uh no it's pretty chill uh, I, I think people were were pretty pretty calm but the idea that you can lose so much so fast has that yeah. changed the idea that a trillionist can be gone in five five actual minutes uh, i think people are, are used to this risk um a few days ago I, I think the there was a fight that could have happened in 49 tack that uh the imperium really really wanted um, the Anaconda guys to, to kind of go in and take the fight. They ended up standing down and they were ridiculed for it. Um, oh, the pro God, the famous pro God stand down that now is, a, uh, like an audio track somewhere. It might be that. I don't know. I was on the, the NC fleet when they stood down. Um, 
It's an awesome diss track. Diss track. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. But, right. So, but are you saying that it, hey, in retrospect, pretty good decision? I mean, in retrospect, so the exact same things that the Imperium are saying now is the same reason. Uh, they're, they're just echoing the same statements. They're like, oh, well, we didn't want to jump in because the server uh, wasn't going to handle it at that point. So we didn't want to take that risk. It's, it's the exact same thing uh, said on both sides. It's actually kind of funny. I feel like yeah. you with both sides having been burned by the server at one point in the war, um, do you think that's going to have an adverse effect on getting any more big escalations like that? If both sides are kind of worried that the server is going to break? I think they're going to use it as an excuse uh, to not take fights of a massive scale. I don't I mean, the thing is, you are affected evenly um, by that server. Right. So it's the first person in has a massive advantage uh, because they already get in there. Right. But once you both load after that, there is really no advantage to either side. And someone someone might take that and say, oh, at least it's just just saying his side is the best or something like that. that that's not the case at all. Um, once both sides load, it's evenly terrible for both parts. Like so the PDS didn't work. My guns didn't cycle. Right. So. Uh, it's it's uh, very much the same thing over and over. And I couldn't kill Dictors in my subcap because my guns weren't cycling either. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think it, it's worth just uh, paraphrasing Killer B a little bit because he basically his comment to this issue of the last time when it was KVN, right? He said, "This is E. This is this is what what we're used to. There's nothing surprising about it that we have to just adapt to that scenario, and it is equal to everyone, uh, as Elise just pointed out." So this is this is not a, a real demoralizing thing. We know about this. And of course, it can be a little bit of a frustration when you're in one of these. But we know that it's going to happen. And it's pretty much our own fault because we keep trying to kill the hamsters. Yeah, but I, I think what bothers me is so much comes out of it. And maybe people are just bored. But uh, an FC makes a decision that an un, unsupported node is not a good situation to jump into. His words are used to make a diss track, as you said, McLeod. Same situation, other side, on an actual reinforced node. And they're like, oh, the server's got us. And it just feels like there's no consistency in people's propaganda. Okay, can I just say that's all just narrative and spin. The important thing is... When yeah, but people to... don't treat it as that. They don't dismiss it, it as narrative and okay. spin. Uh, oh, I we, think it does matter. Okay, we got, a, we got a diss track, uh, 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 an actual rap thing coming out. And there was supposed to be some sort of counter to that. So it's just logical to look for the opportunity to actually make the right respond to that piece of propaganda. The propaganda wars is one of the most entertaining things about EVE Online. And the fact that this came out, and it's just, it, it's what we do. I, I, I think it's awesome right. that, that we get these things from both sides. And I, I think we should step it up a notch even more because it's, it's part of what makes the war good. Just, so, just I mean... Just, just wanting, just wanting to put my uh, my in, uh, sort of uh, initiative hat on here. Like the difference between the 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 the, the first kind of like uh, you know forty nine tag one and you know the 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 super fight. You know, you you can't say that we didn't jump in because we did. We jumped in supers, maybe not titans, but it was supers. And that's a big yeah, difference between uh, one and the other. There's a big difference between not jumping anything in and standing down and jumping in supers. That is true. That is true. <clears throat> um, I didn't, at the time, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Yeah. 
Um, I just think I, that I, makes ProGuard smarter. But go ahead. Either way, uh, yeah, it's fine. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was a lot closer, like in the actual fight, right? In the the ISK trade, because I I just saw dreads dying. Dreads were dying on both sides so fast. Um, I, I was I was shocked that I was alive on two of them, right? But I was someone wanted to shoot. I was amazed that I came in on the first wave and like somehow I didn't get shot and I was able to de-siege and tether up and everything. Like literally, I think the only reason I I assume that the only reason why I actually survived was because I actually platinum insured. (laughs) I mean, that is is the way to live, platinum insure. Yeah, to make sure you don't get shot. So I I thought it was going to be much closer to... um, I thought it was going to be like 60-40. It ended up being 70-30 uh, in terms of ISK. Part of it is um, some very brave Imperium pilots took their vendettas into battle. Uh, three of oh, them yeah. specifically. Uh, two of them, or so one of them tethered, one of them warped out, but one vendetta did die. Uh, so that's a pretty big price tag. Uh, obviously, that, that skews the, the ISK values a little bit because it's about 150 bill with the, the fit and stuff. I mean, ships are meant for dying. Honestly, good for them. Yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure. But it did feel like in that moment, as everything was happening, it, it did feel a little bit more even than, than it was. I will say probably there's the 300 dictors at the end uh, <laughs> was probably a bit of an unnecessary use of dictors. But hey, you got dictors, uh, it forced some mistakes. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how the server is going to catch up. Maybe you want to force people to like kind of get out or maybe kill some. Uh, the Fortazar, unfortunately, wasn't very strong at uh, killing things. I will say, it, it's, in these situations, it's easy to forget that there's a subcap fight also going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of people multiboxing. Uh, but the subcap fight, or the subcap fleets from the, um, the Anaconda side, the Allied forces against the Imperium, uh, they did a tremendous job. They completely kept the field. Uh, they held the field. They were able to kill all the dictors. It's easy to say, oh, well, they're not the big ships. They didn't really do anything. But they had a tremendous impact. Um, I think without that, extraction would have been near impossible. That fight would have lasted another like six hours of just being bubbled on Fortazars. Uh, maybe if the Imperium has a, a huge subcap win there, then uh, the fight gets a little bit more even. Uh, but the subcap fight was definitely won on the, uh, the Anaconda side. And yeah. don't underestimate the, the, the importance of my insurance is about to run out. <laughs> I mean, I like all, I'm sa- all I'm saying is Ash, Ash, I needed some money, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> some, somebody called out insurance tanking, which I thought was a good name for it. Elise, uh, what's the story with all the sabers? Uh, so there were, there were hundreds <laughs> of dreads sitting on the goon Fortazar, and so uh, as the, the supers were extracting toward the end of the fight, uh, they the goons, the Imperium rather, decided to, hey, let's just tackle all these guys. Make sure they get stuck. Um, a lot of times the sabers could just detether, bubble, and then tether again without dying. But like I said, the the subcap force was just so overwhelming on the Anaconda side by this time that they just completely got cleared and just massacred uh, as they were trying to kind of like... The, the strategy was called, was initially called waterboarding against like the big uh, capital fleets, like the, the slow cats just to make their life miserable. Um, th- I think they just wanted to, to hold them down just to see what would happen to gauge, hey, maybe I'm going to go in. I don't think they knew going in what exactly what they were going to do. 
but I firmly believe that if the Imperium has a chance to trade 20 supers for 250 dreads, they will absolutely take it, right? It, they might be on the ISK losing side of it, but removing dreads from the enemy, considering you have such a massive stockpile, would be a, definitely a winning move. So I think that's that's what they were kind of waiting for, waiting to see how the server would respond, waiting to see if maybe their subcap fleets could get a bit of an advantage, um, see if maybe they could push it that way. So the the savers were just buying time uh, just to see what would happen. Can you can you describe why the armor timer uh, was a good time to use a lot of the tactics they did? Like what some of the benefits are to fighting on an armor timer as opposed to the final timer? Uh, so on the final timer, like. Simply put, the thing explodes, right? So people aren't going to use it as a defensible position, right? You're not going to have the Imperium throw their supers onto a Fortizar um, that could explode because <laughs> that has that provides you no advantage. You can't tether, you can't do anything like that. Um, so that's pretty much the the way to fight where the defenders still have an advantage, and you can kind of force the issue a little bit. Yeah, and so obviously the okay. defenders want to protect it too, right? Because they know the next timer. They can just drop the hammer on it, and you don't have the ability to defend it. Uh, you don't have this little safety net. You just like it just dies, and then all of your stuff is stuck there. So the the people who are coming to attack your structure, they can raise the ante on the last one, and then you have to decide: is it worth risking our capital fleet? Because once it blows up, we can't tether to it and be safe. And if we're bubbled, we're really bubbled and screwed. I thought it was an interesting tactic this time to uh, one of the um, Vendettas actually just waited out its timer and then it was able to retether right in place. It didn't have to warp out. So it instantly, it's it almost like if you don't attack for a certain period of time, you gain back your immunity once that tether hits you from the structure you're sitting on. Yeah, so of the supers that died, um, there's two for every one that, that died that survived. They, they tethered or warped. Most of them tethered. Uh, so there was a moment uh, you could see it Rather, or actually, you could kind of see it in the target calling. Uh, when the, the moment happened, it went from like as people started to tether, it went from let's kill the most strategically like valuable ships to let's kill the guys that are worth the most money or who are like clearly making a mistake that because their fighters are still out. Uh, so you saw people shooting hell or aeons uh, instead of nixes and stuff like that, and then looking for these vendettas. So it's a kind of a, a really funny turning point that you could just see um, I just, in the heat of the moment. It, to some degree, I feel sorry for that Aeon pilot because, like, of all the Aeon pilots that, you know, and you, you you know, as an, if you put yourself into an Aeon, you're there sort of thinking to yourself, like, I'm going to survive so long as there's, so long as there's Nixes on field, right? <laughs> the <Yeah>. next time. <laughs> So I was in a, I was in two Moroses and uh, my friend was in two Nags. We were getting shot by one of the Vendettas was killing us, right? He got into 20% armor from the Vendetta before the Vendetta pulled damage and eventually died. And I was getting shot by the Aeon the entire time. Um, and so I was just, just getting close to the point where, hey, if anyone looks at me, I might die. And then they finally swapped the target to this guy and killed him. So I was like, yes, I, in, in a way, I felt like I 1v1'd an Aeon uh, <laughs> during the whole fight. So just it's that uh, saying, you don't need to outrun the bear, you just need to outrun the guy next to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But thankfully, so, thankfully, Naglfars exist, so everyone just shot the Nags, right? Because yeah. those are the ones with the, the highest damage output for the lowest tank. So it's strategically the right call to make. Yeah, being in a revelation is actually a good thing. 
or Moros. Like Mor- so. Moros and Revelations, like yeah, you you end up getting muted out because uh, you know your your DPS is is very much based on you having cap. So you know you like you'll end up you'll you'll end up um, taking the uh, the sort of the nuding pressure from the other kind of uh, the other dreads and stuff, but not typically the 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 main DPS. If there's uh, so long as there's an axe about. I will say it's important to that, that we kind of pointed this out last week as well that uh, Eve pilots are mistake machines and like as these <laughs> people are closer and closer to one another, there is a chance like this to happen. Like no FC entered this fight in 49 tax saying this is going to be a 1.2 trillion esque fight that we're going to be involved in. No one said that. There was a series of escalations that they didn't know exactly what was going to happen at the end of each escalation. Uh, right, so the subcaps came in. There was a fight. Triage came in. Dreads came in. Supers came in. More supers and dreads came in. Um, so it's not like this was arranged. Like, oh, we're going to take all our supers and just leave them out here to see what happens. It was very much like a very adapted fight, and that can happen now that these two guys are so close to one another. I'm sure there are a bunch of Imperium super pilots that mid uh, that went to a midpoint that were within one jump of jumping in. And just never got the call to. Uh, and maybe if things happen in a different system, they get that call next time. Just the fact that they can make, because everyone's so close, this fight can happen practically any time there's a final timer or next to a final timer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, at the moment, I'm just uh, I'm just showing like my perspective on the fight because I uh, ended up recording it and uh, bouncing it. Um, you know, uh, covering up certain key things. But yeah. All right. The uh there was one more thing I wanted to say. This something that Billy mentioned on our on our weekly sh- on our daily show during the week was that this. I was like, "What's this fight about?" And he's like, "Nothing." I was like, "What do you mean nothing?" He's, it's it was a strength check, and I, I I can't emphasize this enough. Like some of the biggest battles in Eve Online aren't over strategic objectives. They are surprise moments that aren't planned and uh, they sometimes escalate out of control or they try to surprise the other side by taking a fight that's not really that important. And those are, I think those are strength checks to see like, where are we here? Are they willing to enter? Are we willing to enter? And we saw a couple of those strength checks that just kind of snarled at each other, but this time they actually got in there and fought a little bit and then extracted uh, as soon as it was not going well. And that ties back to the whole thing of, of what would maybe be classified as, as psyops, right? Um, psyching each other up, propaganda, diss tracks, all these things play a part in your mental state when you have these circumstantial opportunities arising, right? Are you going to take the fight or are you not going to take the fight? Are you, going to, are you going to respond to what has been happening for the past week or not? This is why people try to rile each other up like that, right? It, it's, it's a massive part of what makes Eve so much different from any other game out there that i know of because it's it's so many levels of activity right you could basically say well did this happen because of that whole drama with the track right because we just and oh you're a coward it's a lot like banging your shields uh, uh, on the shield wall it's it's just a part of eve and i think it's actually some of the most fascinating parts of eve i like that a lot of the the fights are taken under dubious circumstances or like not because it's the best move to do, but because it's the thing we're going to do, damn it. Right. Like 
at least you call it mistakes, but I like to call it tactical glory, right? Tactical glory. It's like never not take the fight turbo feed or, 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 or honor, right? I like uh, that. That is actually pretty good. But yeah, I think moving moving forward, I, I think if the Imperium could do a 60-40 fight similar to this, but like a little bit better every day this week, I think they would absolutely take that opportunity um, because they want to make it a, very much a war of attrition, right? They want people to run out of stuff. And especially now that uh, mineral redistribution is happening and they have these massive caches, maybe they want to see if their enemies also have massive caches and they want to just test those. Yeah. All right. Um Anything else to look forward to in the next week of war? Anything we should keep an eye on? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, like you said, like there was nothing really super significant about this particular system, right? It's 49 tack. It's, it's important. So there's anything a bunch can of quarters happen. There. Anything can happen pretty much anywhere. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say the there's going to be a huge super cap fight over a random Astro House or anything like that, but there you know, be. if Who there's knows? an escalation, people are going to uh, try and escalate again. Okay, so that Fortizar actually, that was the armor timer, so it didn't die that night, but it did die for, for a couple nights later. I think it died like yesterday. Yeah, and I think it died uh, yesterday, that, yeah. I'm just going to okay. ask Elise something that is a little bit on the point of, of Curious, right? Because isn't the next natural progression trying to actually go into uh, fake delve, um, the whole salient thing that was discussed? Isn't that the next strategic target? Um. Maybe. I, I mean, I personally don't know, right? Like, I, I'm not sure exactly how they want to play this one. Uh, I, I think they, the Anaconda people still want to do a bit of a slow burn. Uh, controlling 49 TAC is kind of nice because that means that they can take that huge regional gate, which is where all their stuff is, or all their reinforcements can easily get to. Um, like, if you can control that and you can pass by that whole, whole regional gate, you have a massive advantage of getting people in instead of having to go the long way around. Where... They already have keep stars anyway, so who cares? But um, kind of like maybe maybe a line member that doesn't have uh, a capital wants to take a ship that he has in 44 Tech 07, something like that. It's a much shorter it's a more the fact that it was kind right. of mentioned, right? I think it was mentioned Let's in... Let's wrap this uh, up. It's just that in, in the, I think it was in the SOTA, they actually used the term salient. And there's nothing on the map right now that's actually classified as a salient. But fake of or fake various is actually a, a, an actual salient. So I, I, I was just speculating whether, whether that was some sort, sort of slip of the mind or uh, a Freudian slip of some sort that, that well, we are actually planning on doing this and we've, and, and they might have used that term so much in their internal talks that that is exactly the next phase of the war. That's just my speculation because I don't think that that term fit the, the context when it was used. So it, it was just weird to me. And that's why I would suspect that that was the next natural move. So it's also a really good ramp to have, right? Real quick, I think what's, what's we're going to end up seeing is we're going to see the, uh, the Pappy people, the Anaconda people dropping Keepstar after Keepstar after Keepstar closer and closer and closer to Delve until someone reacts in response to it, tries to take that fight. That's the Anaconda strategy, right? Uh, constriction, proximity... Uh, numbers and hardware uh, sitting on top of you. Um, okay. Thank you very much for that update. Uh, real quick, the servers are getting some hardware tests done for them. There might be an improvement coming soon. So you're going to see a extended downtime on Monday the 28th while CCP conduct further hardware tests. They expect Tranquility to be accepting connections by 12 UTC. Uh, one of the things that people kind of mentioned on Reddit is the bounty system. 
um, was still making calls in real time during that fight. Um, I know it was brought to the attention of CCP. I think they're they're looking into um, doing things they can. They the bounty calls are apparently uh, they are the least important calls that get made. But you know, there's been a lot of hubbub that hey, maybe this maybe this bounty call took uh, a call for me instead of pushing F1. It calculated a bounty in real time instead. So they are definitely looking into that. I think there are different ideas that they're considering. One is to doing the calculations at downtime, which is what players have suggested. The other idea that I think they're considering is just turning it off for a month or two and seeing what happens. Yeah. And so for, uh, last thing here, some perspective. I'm, I've just finished uh, reading the uh, Empires of Eve volume two, as I'm going to uh, talk to the author tonight and uh, do an interview with him. So I had to do some preparation. Great book. I'll tell you more about it later. Uh, and I was looking at some of the biggest fights in that book. And they're as big as this last one at 49U. So put that in perspective. We're talking like fights that happen once every three or four years happening a lot more frequently now. Okay. The uh, big story this week uh, that's going to affect everything going forward is the new baseline. And again, it is only a baseline. They will be, CCP will be iterating on the mineral distribution over time, adding some back, maybe making rewards. Uh, that was one of the things that we talked about earlier. But this baseline uh, really scared the heck out of a lot of people. Other people were like, this is interesting. We'll see how we uh, do this. So let's talk about that uh, new mineral distribution. What was in that, uh, I don't know what it was, dev blog or announcement. And then, um, and then we'll talk about like what's, uh, you know, what we think is uh, probably going to happen. So First thing to note, um, Caleb, are you familiar with this or should I read this off? You, you can read it. It's fine. I, I've, yeah, I've, I've it's gone through it in a lot. Okay. It's kind of hard to understand because there's all kinds of different percentages, but this is the takeaway that you should have. And this is, I'll just arm you with the most basic information. And there are little exceptions, but we're going to ignore those for now. But high security space will basically have tritanium and... Um, what's the other one? Pyrite that's going to be with it. So I'll just read this part here. The security zone of HiSec will be the exclusive or main supplier of tritanium. Excluded minerals from this area are going to be isogen, noxium, zydrine, megasite, and morphite. LowSec is going to have isogen and noxium. Two very important uh, minerals, especially noxium, which is a bottleneck. It's going to be incredibly valuable. So excluded from LowSec is going to be Tritanium, that's in high sec, but Zydrine, Megasite, and Morphite, all those go to null sec. So null sec, again, is going to have Zydrine, Megasite, Morphite. Those are the high-end minerals. But what you won't find in null sec is Tritanium, Noxium, uh, unless they're in uh, some anomalies which are in there. Those are part of the exceptions. And in wormholes, uh, there are their exclusive supplier of no minerals. And tritanium, noxium, and morphite will not be found there either. What you will find there is gas. The gas is going to be increased. Also, there is the T3 materials that you can mine out of there or um, find in there. So those kind of exclusive. And buried way down here is something I thought was pretty interesting. And that is, uh, oh, by the way, uh, as far as gas for wormhole space, all fullerite quantities on all sites will be increased by 100%. So there's going to be more gas than there was before. So you won't have to bop around. Um, you'll be able to uh, 
to explore and you'll be able to mine gas because you can do that in a small frigate because it doesn't take up a lot of space. That's really good for new players and new players like to explore. But buried down here is something very interesting and we don't know what it really means, but ice sites, the spawn probability of all ice sites will be decreased, which means their value will go up too. And if their value goes up, all their derivative products value goes up too, which means you'll be paying higher fuel prices. You'll be paying more for stront, um, heavy water, and all the stuff that comes from ice. How much more? We don't know, uh, but check that out. So that's really what the redistribution looks like. And we had an open forum on it as soon as it was announced. And then we had uh, CCP give us a, a, uh, a nice talk about what was in it. And they were trying to answer questions from chat and they were trying to elaborate on the information. And I'll just give you some of the highlights on what was in that video. And you can see that on CCP's uh, Twitch channel, the video is there. So uh, to put it in perspective, uh, all this scarcity started December 2019 and they have a plan and they've had it since then on what they were going to do with scarcity, making minerals scarce. Why are they doing all this? They want your ships to increase in value. They're more expensive to buy. They're also more painful to lose. And that's what they're trying to put back into the game uh, because it's, we've gone through a long period of overabundancy, which makes things throw away. And so therefore people are not having fun because they're not feeling the value as it goes away or the accomplishment when they actually get it. So middle of October is where this new patch is going to come through. And that is these latest scarcity changes. And this is the baseline that is going to hurt the most. So from here, they're going to build in more incentives and sprinkle in more opportunities to get deposits of the things that you're missing. So it will get better from here on out. And they have many more changes to go. Um, One of my... One of my favorite things from the the stream that they had, where uh, Caleb was there and Carneros was hosting, um, seems to be Goodfellas said the carrots are coming. I, I don't know if he was intending to do like a, a winter is coming type thing, but I kept <laughs> right. that's all I could hear. Right, <laughs> the, the memes on that was awesome, but but it is pretty much like what Dunk is actually saying in chat right now. This is uh, a little bit like the eat your vegetable boys because. Uh, well, your, your potatoes and the, and the vegetable, beef, because you're not going to be allowed to get any steak until you've done that, right? All right. Uh, this is where we are. And, and, and this was pretty much according to plan. If you go back and read... Let me, hold on, hold on. Let me bring it right back to you in just a second. I want to finish the bullet points, and then we'll, we'll ask you since you were on that panel, Caleb. Um, there's a couple more bullet points that were takeaways from that video. And uh, again, this is not the new normal. There's more to come, more carrots. Uh, Oracles will be making a comeback, but they'll have a different role than they had before. That'll be interesting to see. Orcas are going to be dealt with, and that's probably some kind of a nerf. Uh, and RMT is a problem they are working on, and they're working a lot on anti-cheating. So that is a priority for them as well. Uh, they're looking to see diverse metas in fleets, which they pointed to the 49 Tech U battle and said that's what they want to see. They want to see a lot of different players and a lot of different ships, so it's not just the same old thing. Uh, they said, don't make changes. They're not making any changes all at once because to do it all at once, uh, they wouldn't be able to measure the effects of any of those changes. So they wouldn't know what's working and what's not working. And they have to put it in, in a uh, methodical order that they've made. And then just a couple more here. Uh, they want to focus on and push small roaming PVP. 
And again, the new player, uh, the new, a very, very popular part of new players' experience is exploration, which is why they up the gas and wormholes. And, um, and yeah, so those are some of the takeaways. Caleb was in there. What was it like? And what did you take away? Well, I had to stop reading chat pretty fast because that was <laughs> a, a little bit aggressive, but it, it was, it was okay. Um, I, I was a little bit annoyed at how CCP didn't really disclose that much. I think it was a great opportunity to actually explain what's going on and where they are going. So, so what we got was a lot of um, rolling off and uh, not really answering the questions. Um, and there, but there was a lot of hints and and vague posting done. And I think that's okay. I just think that to explain the intention of this whole thing. That should have done, been done a lot better. I don't think the dev blogs we've gotten really explains why. It it pretty much focuses on how. Besides that, it it was uh, it was frustrating to me because I, I I feel like I have a very strong idea of what they want to do because I've pretty much been campaigning on it before they were actually hired for this job. Um, Dirk and myself is, and I didn't have my wingman, so that was a little bit tough. Um, but we've Dirk been campaigning. Yeah, Dirk McCurk. We've been campaigning on this for so long because some of the mistakes that were made during the era of abundance, even though it's become an, an, a new normal and people have been, uh, they've grown accustomed to it, right? This is just what they think Eve is supposed to be. We pretty much disliked it from the beginning and so did a lot of uh, CSM members. So, so this is really, to me, this is Hilma coming back, seeing that the, the, the whole room was a mess and, and then asking uh, the, the, the oldest sibling to actually clean up the mess. And this is what they're doing right now. And yes, we're on the eat your vegetable boys, but it's not, it's not really just carrot that's coming, I think. I'm pretty sure that what's coming is going to really be something that the player base likes because it's not going to be self-sufficiency, but it is going to be agency-based independence in one way or another. Um, I, think, I think the reason that they might be smug and vague posting it's because they trust that they've actually done such a good job that people will really, really like it. And the more secret it is, the more impact that will actually have. I don't know exactly, but I, I still trust them enough, or at least I have enough hope and naivete, even though I'm a bit of it, to, to think that this might actually be exactly what the, the doctor ordered. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a parade held at the end of this saying, guys, you are geniuses. I don't think that will happen at all. You were um, right the I, whole time. You I'm, actually, the, I'm uh, actually trying to say, I think they're oh, sorry. Might. Hold on, let Elise finish. I, I interrupted him, sorry. I will say the, echoing kind of Caleb's statements, the, the mood I got from watching um, the CCB stream is that they were, uh, I don't want to say arrogant, but they were they were kind of full of themselves a little bit. They, they thought that they're, they had kind of like the plan going on, which is I guess, a good thing for them to have. They were very confident. I don't know if that confidence is, is able to be rewarded yet. Uh, but they were also very much on their back foot as well, right? Um, they, they seemed very defensive early on. Uh, I thought Canaris did a great job of getting them to open up towards the end, but uh, it was interesting to see how defensive they were. Um, to put things in perspective, I haven't seen them publicly act like this, and I haven't seen the CSM respond in the same way since Incarna came around, right? So they had that same level of confidence uh, around Incarna, the whole uh, monocle gate type, 
type situation. And the CSM kind of responded very, very similar to how they are now because they felt like they were kept in the dark. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a little bit of a doom and gloom to, to pull out of this. Um, we ha uh, held a panel right afterwards with a lot of uh, little guys, medium groups, low sec miners. They were all, every single one of them, overwhelmingly cautiously optimistic uh, at the worst, positive at the best, uh, right? So the, the idea that the little guy is going to hate this change, I think, is, is something that isn't actually true. Whether or not they will hate it when it comes live uh, is another thing coming. But right now, they, they are mostly optimistic about it, which I found to be incredibly interesting. Yeah, let's introduce Dunk Dinkles joining us. This is why we're super flexible. We can just grab somebody, drag him in. How you doing, Dunk? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, we can McLeod, you were say something? Oh yeah, no, no. I was, I, I was going to comment about the fact that, like, uh, I turned on, uh, I turned on Dunk's camera just as he was almost flexing about, like, like he was about to get into the ring or something. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I just got done from a bike ride, so I'm working it out. Ah, Dunk, I, I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> All right. What are your thoughts, right. Dunk? Well, I've, I've been pretty vocal in my first 24 hours of dunk rage, which is my usual behavior is I hear something and then there's about 24 hours in which I'm quite vocal. And then I kind of like, okay, I've got to get to work on how do we adapt, right? Because players are going to adapt to this. So, um, you know, uh, as most of the people on this panel know, especially Caleb, who uh, is a good dude, but I disagree with some up on the vision for Eve, is I don't feel that these changes are going to introduce the effects that the dev things thinks they are going to introduce, right? In my view, the initial phase of scarcity failed to achieve the initial goals they had set and talked about. I, I see that the only thing going on in EVE right now is a completely player-driven cluster-scale war that's driven on grudges and old stories and things like that. It's not driven by any of the economic changes that have been put into the game. And the biggest thing I have is I'm okay with change. We've had a lot of changes. Capital, Aegisov, moon mining, Athenors, upwells, all of it has upended the way things work. But there was tremendous player enthusiasm and then there was absolute clarity about why these changes were going in the game. What were we trying to address with this change? Here's how we tend hope to fix it. And it was clear what was going on. Right now, I challenge anyone to explain exactly what a healthy economy is and how we should measure if we're meeting the goal that CCP has set out for us. Because if you're going to eat your vegetables and let's say you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to make your eyesight better, whatever, you have a goal for eating healthy vegetables. Right now, all they can say is, trust me, uh, we looked at some graphs somewhere that we don't show you and economy isn't good. But to players, we're blowing up ships every day. We're throwing super capitals at each other almost every other weekend. Like people are fighting, having fun, doing things in EVE. So it's difficult to explain to the average player what is sick, what is broken, what is the concern that the ecosystem team has. And they have, I will say this strongly, failed over an entire year to explain to the average player in ways that in other changes were very clear, right? Capitals, we're completely rebalancing them because slow cats are completely overpowered. You can moonwalk out. There's no counter to them unless you have a super cap fleet. But basically, it's an invulnerable situation. We want to change that. And everyone said, yes, yeah, slow cats are OP. We got to change it, right? And it was clear. And everyone knew. And then the capital rebalance was not perfect. 
but it shook it up and people were stoked to play the game. Right now, the enthusiasm is maybe I'll rent from snuff. Like, that's like so far away from the enthusiasm of any other major gameplay change. So I'll end my rant there. So I, one, I'm just gonna, can, I, can I just surprise everyone? I think I'm 99% agreement with Dunk on everything he just said. This is completely true. It's just that I'm coming from this from the exact opposite direction. And I do think that in the middle is where we might actually meet because I don't see anything wrong with anything he just said. This is in exactly a, what happened. In a really uh, weird way, I am feeling exactly the same. Like I'm coming at it from the from the same perspective as uh, as uh, Caleb, and yeah, what you said there, like Dunk, like I can't fault you. Like like yeah, you know all all of the all of the targets that um, CCP wanted to sort of meet, they they failed to meet entirely. Like it's just a case of like I think I know what the 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 end state that they want uh to get to it's just the means and the method that they've tried to get to it has just been uh it's been a really bad misstep and, and just drive my point home right just, just all right and then imagine this yeah. imagine they walk onto stage for the keynote speech at e-vegas like imagine we're not in the corona times imagine it's the before or after times imagine they walk onto stage the 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 music plays they walk onto stage and they say guess what our big announcement for you is noxiums and low sec right what do you think the reaction of that crowd would be in person to this news uh, I right. think there'd be a few please claps uh, coming from right. the background. Now, and some of us were there when they announced capital rebalance, and there was applause and hooting and hollering and citadels, and there was hooting and hollering. And a lot of these changes, there's the people are stoked, and that enthusiasm transfers into the player base. Can you imagine this year if they actually pulled these events off? Like they would like, be waiting for a hail mary from should, to rise again. Should they be developing for applause at, at a convention where the hardest core people go? Like yeah, that should. seems like not the right strategy. They but at least have... was going to say something earlier, and we kept cutting him off, so he gets a chance. So there's one thing that I, I see a lot of people, even very reasonable people, who, who are worried, um, precisely because of of what Dunk says. We we don't really know what they're looking for. We don't know what their goal is. Uh, the worry that these generally normally reasonable people have they don't go to reddit they don't post on the the forums they don't come on the podcast and start shouting or anything uh they say this war that we're happening right now has nothing to do with the the changes that they implemented i'm worried that they're going to say that uh, the changes they made caused this and take credit for this when it's really a player-driven story um and that they're going to use this to to show proof that what they're doing is working and it's going to create an echo chamber and they're just going to keep barreling down this course uh, without any feedback from, uh, from anyone else. Like that's one of the, the biggest criticisms I've seen uh, from people who are, are generally quite reasonable. Well, we can reverse that too, because people say, oh, look, it's the big epic fights that bring people into this game, because look at the numbers, they totally prove it. Totally discounting that that's the high point of video games in general. So I think it worked both, both ways, looking at the, the data and saying, like, look, we can prove it by looking at the data. Well, the data is always dirty because there's too many things going on all at once. Actually, I, I want Baleful to jump in and then you can go. Caleb. I really want to answer Dong first. Uh, because I know Dong's, you do. I, I know you do. Otherwise, we're going to move away from it. Okay, you and then, and then we'll go. Sorry, Arcee, we'll go after Caleb. It's just that the, the, the counter to or rather why Dunk is completely correct 
if they had presented something like this at Vegas or FanFest, people would have thrown tomatoes. But if they had actually explained the entire thing, the entire process and what exactly it is that they want to get to and why they want to get to that place, which I strongly believe is farms and fields done right. That's where I see this moving. And if they had shown that with all the steps, with the vegetables and the lentil soup and the, 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 the beef steak at the end, and then the dessert with, uh, we're also going to fix orcas, we're also going to fix uh, raw calls. They're going to have their original roles, and we've got some really good ideas, and we're most likely going to do something like this. So you're going to see these things in space uh, having their original role. All these things, if they had presented it like that, they would have gotten standing applause. But this way, not at all. This is a terrible way of doing it. Arcia, what do you think? So I think what they're trying to get to is, is a situation where there are fewer capitals, there are fewer uh, higher-end ships being thrown around. T1 ships are kind of like the baseline. I'm not sure this is going to get there, but I think that's kind of the end goal and what a lot of people kind of do desire. Because it feels like, even to me, who's not part of like the... Uh, the blue donut of Melsuck, like I can throw a carrier into a fire and not give a shit, right? And it maybe maybe capital loss should be special again. I'd like to. Well, uh, I think I think, I think that's a. Oh, go ahead, McLeod. Oh no, no, like carry on, carry on, dude. Like my my point. Well, as as it has been discussed, and I think Kenneth covered this yesterday in the in the meta show, right? If you want to make capitals harder to create. There are all the tools in the game right now to make it harder to make just capitals or just super capitals or just titans, right? All of those knobs are there ready to turn on the demand side. And they are only focusing on the supply side. And so by making it harder to get capitals, they're making it harder to get caracals. By making it harder to get Ragnaroks, they're making it harder to get, I don't know, what's the ship that rhymes Harbinger. with R? Harbingers, right? <laughs> and so again... <laughs> If you want to, if you want more super caps on the field, and you or less super caps on the field, and less capitals on the field, and you want more sub caps on the field, change the blueprints, right? Like they change things all the time, and you will get an immediate effect that you want. This is this is just like, it, yeah, like it I'm saying, I don't, I, I don't know that it's going to get there, but I think that is the goal, right? Like, oh. and this is why it's actually correct, Dunk. If you think about it, right, those changes you just suggested yes they make sense but they will make sense on the other side it's just like them fixing rockwell and orca uh earlier would have not really made sense it would have made people more angry now they can do it without that effect and it's the same with they can make it cheaper effectively to build all the subcap stuff when they put that carrot back but then they're also going to say this is so that then this is the time where we're just going to turn the knob on uh supers and titans because if they do it at the wrong time... But those are your words. Those are your words. Those are not CCP's words. They have not told us what they are going to do. They have but not said any of those things. They have not okay. said any of those things. And this so is let's where be clear. Like, these are your views. These are not CCP's announced plans. And there's a huge difference between that. So me, uh, I'll run the pushback here since... Uh, and, and Dunk, I think the world that you, you know that. Um, but the idea of what, what's, here's the thing, this economic simulator isn't just about buying high or uh, buying low and selling high. 
it requires a lot of long-term thinking. And so these are mostly economic repercussions that we're talking about. You're seeing them as a player and equipment, right? But on the other side of it, there's economic implications about what do I invest in for the long term? If they telegraph any information economically, does that not put them at an advantage for the people that can actually understand that as opposed to new players? Well, the way they're doing it right now, they're putting all the advantage at the wealthiest, most informed players at the expense of the lowest informed players. So by announcing these changes, whoever was up when they posted that weblog and had $100 billion sitting in a GITA alt went, and they're going to make a huge, huge profit. And the person who woke up on the West Coast and got to it at lunchtime, who's not a big player with billions sitting in GITA ready to spend money, they're SOL, right? So their change, the way they did it, was to benefit the richest players in the game. In the earliest so, time zones. In the earliest time zones. Because I woke up and I'm like, let me go invest. No. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely one of those people. And I will just contrast it for when something occurred, when they put something new in the game, like when they added Athenors and the whole thing, right? Everyone was at a base level. It, the, the items were not available in advance. You could make some preparation for it, but there was a gold rush in Athenors, right? It created excitement, enthusiasm, and they told you what they were going to do, but they did it on the demand side as opposed to doing it on the supply side. And this is what coming back to is... The tools are in the game. They had been tweaking Rorquals. They had been tweaking ships. And then it was like, they just gave up. They just said, we don't know how to fix Rorquals. So let's get rid of the rocks in space. And then Rorquals are fixed. And, See, and this is where I, I think is 100% right. Because this is back to something that Madderall likes to talk about a lot. The whole mm, foreknowledge and the fact that people are informed very early on about the changes that are about to come into the game. That evens the playing field. This is the whole point. This did not yeah. even the playing field because it was all reactionary by big dudes that could go in there and take advantage. They couldn't have done this if we had known about this since November, right? Then everyone would have been on the same, same page. Everyone would know kind of what was coming, but not when. When they can't tell when it's going to come in and CCP would have rolled that out in, in, in better increments, everyone would be on equal footing and that would have been a hundred times more fair. This was not fair. If, here's what I'm saying. If they're telling you, look, we want to get more scarcity into this environment. So what we're going to do is we're going to restrict minerals. We're going to do it in November. Um, and then we're going to build these asteroids that give you, you know, a lot of tritanium. Um, if they do things like that, right? And we're going to do this until we get the economy at uh, a number seven as opposed to a 10. That's a lot of information that you can bank on, in my opinion. So a lot of industrial information needs to stay secret. It needs to stay sprung. Sometimes you benefit, sometimes you don't. Hypercores is something you benefited on. Dunk, if I remember correctly, you bought them at like three times their price and made a killing. And that's fantastic. No, I just, I made 7 billion in one hour by raffling the very first stuff on the hypernet. And I've never played it since. So that's what I did, right? Everyone. That's what I did. I, 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 put, I put nightmares up and they sold for billions because people were just like, oh, it's new and, and flashy. And I've never played it since, right? I mean, there's some yeah. fundamental game design issues with Hypernet that could make yeah, it yeah, great. Yeah. But of course, we can't touch that again because we can't go backwards, you know? Well, yeah, it's not there yet. Uh, again, I, I, I hear what that. you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying. All I'm saying is, scarcity in and of itself is not a goal. Like they have to have a goal. Like we want fewer capitals. And if that's what they want to have, great. Awesome. 
All right. There so, are tools to make it much, much harder to make a capital ship. So they have not touched that in any way, and they have not made it easier to make the ships goal? they want. I don't know if that's a stated goal. Is well, it? there is no, if there's, then what's their stated goal? Like make everything more expensive? Well, the, the, the uh, only thing that you, we can, yeah. the only thing we can determine <laughs> like realistically in terms of stated goals is to go back to that, like, you know, the, the dev blog prior to this one coming out, right? Yeah, it's everything. I don't think they want to eliminate capitals. I think they want everything to be more precious. Well, so they want the ship to feel like an hour of work instead of, um, so, so there was a time in Eve. Uh, where everyone was a little bit more poor, or at least the the average player was a little bit more poor. So losing a Drake meant you lost three hours worth of work. Uh, at this point, losing a Drake is losing maybe a, an hour's worth of work. I think that what their goal is, is to get back to that previous point. The problem is, and this plays into Dung's point, is we don't know what their goal is. They haven't told us, um, they haven't even painted a picture or an outline or anything other than the goal is to fix the economy. So now we don't know what they're doing, uh, if it's going to be successful, because we don't know what the, what the goal is other than this really nebulous, uh, it was broken. We're fixing it. There's a mystery box in the middle here. Um, by the so, way, low, <laughs> Noxium is in low sec now. <laughs> like that's part of the mystery box. So there, there's the, a, there's a potential hint in the first like dev blog that they had for the ecosystem. I'm not entirely certain how much you want to read into it in terms of like the, their stated end state, but like that's this is basically where I got my sort of like uh, like where I kind of I derived my um you know essentially where I where I derived like the the idea as to where that that end state is. And so if you go back to and I'll just literally uh, change it in. Yeah, on the show here, like if we go back to the actual, you know, original dev blog, um, there's this third goal, like the, there's this third line uh, at the start of it, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it reads, uh, Otaki, I, I can't, is it Otaki? Like, I, it sounds like a really like, autarky. Autarky, yeah, is the athema of free trade. So self sufficiency, right? And I kind of feel like this is the sort of like the the seed as to uh, you know where their end state that they want to get to actually is, and, and so we've we've like if you've been part of the Eve Online for a you know for a long period of time, like you know that there was a point where self sufficiency self sufficiency in like say Nullsec was a dream um, that CCP had at one point and players once had at one point, and we kind of reached it at, at, you know, at a certain point. Um, and we've been in this end state of like NullSec essentially having, uh, the capabilities of being self-sufficient, you know, to, to, you know, it, for the most part, like there, there's, you know, there's certain things that, you know, people still require to, uh, you know, to import from high sec and export to, to high sec kind of thing. We've been in this situation where, like, we've had the ability to be self-sufficient, and so um, what I feel is CCP's end state that they want to get to with this eco with the all of the ecosystem changes is that they want to reverse it. I mean, it's it sounds bad because it sounds like we're going backwards in a direction, but like, consider it more of a a change to a different paradigm, right? Um, that they want to go 
sort of uh, they want to come to the point where self-sufficiency isn't going to be a thing anymore, that you're going to have to be able to trade. And the reason why this is, uh, you know, could potentially be a better solution or a better end state for the universe as a whole is because it allows, uh, it, it determines that any size of uh, uh, alliance, any, any, any player organization has to have a suitably wide footprint for other groups to be able to intercept them, interdict them, you know, mess with them in some way, shape or form, because it requires you to be, you know, it requires a footprint to be more than just a small segment in low sec. It requires you to be in, in you know, sorry, a small segment in null sec. Like it requires you to be in null sec and low sec and potentially in high sec too. So it gives you, it gives a lot of area for uh, you to be, you know, messed about with with other players and for that interaction to occur. It's just worth m maybe mentioning that this is not all about um, resource stuff, uh, as I'm sure that Dunk will agree with. Some of the changes we got was that these things can just dock up in these massive stations where they're completely 100% safe. You can't, you can't really kill them during uh, creation like we could in the past. There's so many other factors to this that does not tie directly into resource stuff. This is also why I think the carrot, when it comes in, will actually be rather big and almost reverse most of what they've done for this uh, this year. And if we look at this in the perspective of how long it took to actually break the, the game, fixing it in about a year is actually pretty good if they manage to do it. So I will ask, what is broken that is getting fixed with these changes? Just if anyone can be specific, I would love to hear it, but no one can be specific when they say the economy is broken. Uh, I Everything think it's is more stagnant. Um... Everything is, 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 is pretty much worthless. It's, it's, it's sticking at the same uh, price levels if it's not actually dropping. You're seeing people uh, selling at, at loss compared to industry uh, and, and all these things. This was just not a thing in 2012. Or, or even oh, that's, that's, that's completely vague about what is broken today. Is there too many capitals? Like, what is no. the problem that we see it, right? Or is it inexperienced players don't understand the market and sell at a loss? Okay. Like, is that the problem? Because I think it's changing Noxium. You, you asked me a question, and I'm trying to give you an answer. Up until 2014, getting into industry, being a competitor, taking part in actually supplying people in the game and making a profit and making a name for yourself and building your activity – coming in and being uh, an early miner and building small corps and actually growing, all of these things were valid. Even going into uh, bigger scale things, all of that was valid because most things were not stagnant or depreciating. It was still kind of growing. And this has a lot to do with the population size of the game and the fact that they, they brought in abundance and self-sufficiency in the worst period of the game you could ever do that. They could have done that if we had continued to grow, but because we flattened out if we not actually lost a lot of members, this was the, the detriment that brought us to stagnation. This is what brought us to a situation where day after day, you just saw this situation where now we don't report on tech two losses of big fleets. We don't report on, on carrier losses uh, on, on big fights. It, it's just less and less became newsworthy. Today, we're at a point where the only thing that's, all, that's really kind of newsworthy is keep stars. Everything else is, okay, it's a loss. Well, there's 5,000 potential titans in this game. Who cares if someone lost one? It's more like a, uh, a lot than it's actually an, a news event, right? 
And this is just what I'm hoping that they're going to take us back to the point where it's not about massive strain or that it's, uh, the game is supposed to be unplayable. Because I agree, we need fun per hour. That is a vital part of what keeps people playing. But a healthy economy in a sandbox ecosystem game is also vital. Well, I, I hear that. But when I look back at the times before Raitaro's and Sotio's and all that, the amount of people who could engage in industry and the investment required was far higher. And the rights required were extraordinary to be manufacturing in POSs. And in stations, you were limited by slots. And so there were much fewer, <coughs> fewer, is it fewer or lesser? I don't yeah. know. Fewer people were involved in industry. Now, anyone can participate in industry. And I see, at least in my group, new players can come in and participate in industry in a way that was unthinkable before they put in the uh, Raitaros and Sodios. So I, I see that the world of getting people into industry and the step you need to take to get industry is far easier now. And there's more people involved now than ever before to address the first point you made. And then the second point about making loss matter, that's fine. Then let's make ships more expensive. You can just tweak those um, dials on what it takes to build ships and then they'll be worth more. And instead of making the game, instead of making the game more frustrating to play, which to many players, these changes simply make the game boring. Yeah, and and I want excitement and excitement is blowing stuff up. So let's make Caracals be 20 million in base costs instead of nine or eight or whatever it is. Right. And then they'll be worth more. Let you know, you can make Eagles 500 million by changing the recipe for them. And tomorrow they're worth more. But the way they're doing it now is painful for no direct goal. And I still think that there is an actual goal. And it's funny that you mentioned slots because you're completely right. Back then, it, there was a higher barrier of entry and you had to actually get in there. And we kept asking for some of these change in, changes that came in. But there's a, there's a middle ground between complete uh, hard lock scarcity of something and then infinity, right? Adding infinite slots, infinite office uh, uh, services, all of these services w went from limited to infinite. That means you completely remove the value of them. So, so their utility, even though they, in, instead of saying, okay, the barrier of entry is too high, let's lower it, they removed it. And that completely destroyed everything. So I think we should well, land again, this. I, I don't, in I don't the know that it's destroyed. I don't know that anything's destroyed. People can play the game for a week and build their own ship. That didn't exist before. That gameplay did not exist until the changes to industry occurred. So we could go off on a whole industry, you know, rabbit hole. But I'll just come back to my core point. The game should be fun. The world is in a really weird, crazy place right now. People want to get up in the morning, come home and have some fun. Grinding, if you want to grind, there's wow, right? But let's keep the grind in this game to a minimum and the fun and the being in space and the doing things high that unfortunately is not what I see these changes doing to the game, which is just my opinion. But that's my concern is people will say there's a new WoW expansion coming out. I'll go play for a couple months until this gets sorted. And I don't want my friends to leave the game. Okay. Uh, question from the audience. Can I just close with one thing? I think Quickly. The, the, the best Eve is somewhere in the middle between Dunk and I. I think we should just lock us into a room and we will come out <laughs> with a white paper and all the, 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 the suggestions and, and balance points to hit because I hardly, well, I, I, I often disagree with Dunk. But fundamentally, I think our passion for this game and our view on it 
even though we come from completely right. different sides, is that we uh, want exactly the same end goal. Okay, honorable men on both sides. Uh, Kramer the Gamer asks a question here. Can you address the elephant in the room when it comes to the mining changes? Triglavian systems have a thousand times more tritanium than in compared to high sec. What do you think the plan is here? You with your hand raised. All right. So I, I've wanted to talk about the triglavian ores more because I do think they're going to become a very important resource as we go into this, these changes because people keep saying noxiums and low sec. Noxiums also in minor victory is both Eden Calm and Triglavian in high sec in the uh, Telesonite. And it's going to be in decent amounts too. Isogen's going to be in the Rakavine, which is in the minor victories to, to some extent. So I think that instead of people going to mine in like, there's going to be mining in low sec, but instead of going to like the worst places in low sec, like I view low sec is more dangerous than null sec, to, like way more dangerous than null sec to mine in. Because in null sec, you have infrastructure, you have protection, you have more organization and intel channels and all that. In low sec, there's more NPC stations and you can't really kick anybody out of anywhere. And everything's just, people go to low sec to sit there and kill people. People go to null sec to build an empire, right? And, uh, I think a lot of people are going to turn to the minor victories to get noxium and isogen in high set where they can mine it more or less unabated because it keeps responding in the sites. And even though there's not like the skills to get the perfect refining out of the trig ores and you can't compress it, I think they're going to take the convenience and ease of getting noxium in the 72 Edencom minor victories or the, the 30 Triglavian minor victories and uh, bypass the push to get people in the low. Right. Yeah, RC is completely right. Like Eve has the best min-maxers in all of video games, and they are going to find a way to go in there and suck those places dry. And it will we'll watch the MER reports of these high-sex systems just skyrocket even more. Yeah, because you can get Isogen, Nox, Noxium, Zydrine, and Megasite from the two uh, tr uh, Triglavian ores that are in the Minor Victory systems after the change. Um, they're removing the morphite from them, so you'll still have to go get mercoxit, but uh, you can get those four that you sh shouldn't be able to get in the high in high sack, right? Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that's that's how it seems to be. So and it kind of seems yeah. like mining is going to be a high sack activity, <laughs> which that's how like uh, in, in part of me reads that, right? The one metaliminal uh, storm that has the uh, the metaliminal conduits also will put the tr tritanium in Nelsec. So that's also, and Noxium and, and all the same stuff. So what you might be seeing is that the, the next phase or the third phase, the last phase, will be the dynamic system. And, and again, as uh, McLeod stated earlier with Caleb, that the storms may be showing you a hint of that, right? Yeah, that's, that's still a theory. No, but no, and, storm chasing, not the theory that you proposed, but storm chasing right now can be lucrative for different reasons. And one of those might be harvesting. Yeah. But, no, no, just a, a short comment on that. And, and this is not just to continue to, to agree with Dunk, but it's just Elise and I have played long enough to remember that there was a time when, when many of these things that seem to be trending now was the normal, but it was also with a lot of, mistakes things that did not work back then but the middle ground might be exactly what we want right somewhere between what we've had recently 
which you could say more fun per hour. And then the hardcore grind fest that we had in the very early days where it was almost cancerous, right? But if we, if we get some sort of agreement, if, if we get the fixes done to things like structures, things like moon mining, things like resource gathering and, and, and the price ranges of the different um, doctrines, really, right? What tools are being used and what should they cost? This is the challenge for, for the eco team and the rest of CCP, right? And I, I still have a little bit of hope that they might actually pull it off. So uh, just closing up here, I think that at the end of a year from now, we're going to say, okay, well, the, the game is, and I, I can't put this in the metrics, uh, is, is better, quote unquote better. I'm having just as much fun as I had here. The, the one issue that I take is, or the one caution I have for CCP is something that Dunk has mentioned, and that is uh, about the communication of it all, uh, which is why I really like Dunk on the CSM. Uh, it's as a former CSM myself, I think this is an issue. I said former CSM. I liked it when he was on the CSM. Uh, I'm sad he's gone because they need to hear this over and over and over again. The end result might be fine. The journey might disrupt people from wanting to play. Uh, the, The journey is all stick and them saying, trust us, trust us, trust us, the carrots are coming. Um, there are people who aren't going to trust them, right? Uh, there's going to be another game that comes out. There's going to be another flavor of the month that's, that's going to come out. Someone's going to be uh, playing Fall Guys and Among Us for three or four weeks, and they're going to forget about all the fun time they had in EVE. They're going to come back. They say, oh, this, this, this one part sucks. They're not going to have that, that presence of saying, oh, this is only a moment on a timeline. Uh, this is, I'll just endure it, and it's going to get better. I firmly believe their end goal is going to be accomplished. The game will be good in a year. It's the journey that I'm worried about. And the journey can be really softened just through communication. Uh, so I hope we get to see a lot more of that. Yeah, very much I think so. If, you, if you're looking at this from a level of uh, economy and, say, food supply for a country, this is, to me, like industrialized farming versus the small farmer. And... In a game where the small everybody starts out as a small farmer, like that's where you want to put your emphasis. As they showed their charts on the uh, presentation they gave, they said, "Look, the veterans—they're a very stable group. Even the veterans of like you know three years or whatever. But look what's unstable: it's the newer players that haven't found their hook yet, or they're struggling to get to that next funnel or that next strata." Um, of more permanence. So they're apt to come try some things, look around and see how they're doing and take off. And so I think what, what you're seeing is that their, their labor is worth nothing, especially when people are saying, I just made $10 zillion. And so they're like, Oh my God, I just made four and it took me five hours and it's, I'm not going to play this game. It's way too out of whack. So do, do you think that? Do you think that the new player who starts in high sec is going to make more money doing the one thing they can do, which is mine titanium? I don't think it's a matter of more money. It's a matter of, am I making enough progress to keep me here? That's do you, do, do you think a new for. player who, who no longer can build their own venture anymore without going to the market, they can't mine for their initial ship anymore after these changes. Do you think new players in the first couple of weeks are going to make more money or less money in the game per hour. If the value oh. of minerals goes up, they'll make more if they're mining or if they're salvaging their rest. The value of tritanium, which is going to be the main high sec ore, is going to go up or down when that's the only thing you can mine in high sec. 
I don't know because there might be more miners that actually say, hey, this is worth it now. And that will offset the price so, increase. So that, that would lower the price of tritanium from where it is. But it may go up naturally, so it may stay the same. More people doing it, more people selling it, but the price kind of stays the same. But everything else is because That's not how economics works, though, right? Like the more supply, the lower the price. Yeah, but there might and also then, be and more when, demand. When they as well. fix the automation uh, of this supply stuff, which is a little bit of a problem because there's nothing really to challenge it, then yes, it should actually constrict it a bit and actually make their work uh, way more valuable. And, and this is really the whole thing. This is a mining-only change. There's more to come. And, and this is what I, I'm pretty sure that, that everyone knows, that this is just one side. It's just one that hits everyone. And that's why it, it shouldn't have been done like this. It, it, it's a mistake. It should have been communicated, and it should have been done in, in, in smaller increments, right? Yes, that might have conflated the, the data points. doesn't matter. If, if your theory is sound, the result should be the same. You know, I think the theory is pretty sound. Like they should have done yeah, much, much, much less. You know, much shorter kind of stepping stones on this. Uh, one thing that uh, I think Dunk hinted at, but I'm not sure. Or maybe he glanced over uh, when we're talking about the path to people becoming industrialists. One of the the things that sucks them in is the ability to make their own chip. I went out, I harvested all of the materials for my like, venture, thorax, vexor, whatever. I harvested all those myself. I build that ship myself. I didn't have to interact with anyone. Um, I mean, I had to interact with someone because I had to go into space with them, but I didn't have to interact with them on the market. And I built that ship myself. Now I like industry. Let me get involved in industry. Um, that play style might be very affected. That path to industry, that path that people take to become industrialists might become bumpy while these changes are in place. So I'm, I think that I think there's that's kind of like one of those fundamental things that needs to change because like if your if your path to creating ships is essentially I don't have to interact with anybody you know from a fundamental level like then that might be a bit of an issue because like you know if you if you're I wouldn't say forced to interact to to interact with people but if the entire like you know the the entire sort of like a uh, uh, sort of path to this is interacting with other people to find resources that you don't have then you end up in a situation where you go like well maybe i should talk to those people and be like well where do i get those resources if you know because i can't seem to find them and then you end up learning some interesting things about the game that uh, you know that allows you or gives you an impetus to explore right but and there's an alternate to... path where I don't have to do that, right? The, the alternate path is instead of becoming an industrialist, I jump into these uh, abyss sites. I run missions. I do something else. I can make the same amount of money per hour, um, but I'm doing something else. Potentially, yeah. So I'm not saying it's a huge right. issue here. This is like, like splitting hairs, but it's yeah. something that I hope that they are aware of that uh, there might be like uh, a dearth of industrialists in in a year or so, or of new industrialists. Not that it matters. I don't think it's gonna. But specialization is good, though, right? Like we want specialization. You want to feel like you have a role to play. If you at least can make all your ships, uh, you can mine all your ore. You have no need for me at all, and I don't have a role to play. And that's what we're hoping this looks like later. Is that you have. Uh, people who are filling in the gaps. Maybe there's just a guy, you know, running around after a mission or salvaging uh, to to pick up what's valuable now. Um, I think it, 
If you yeah. guys want to know how how hip and happening my Saturday night was, I stayed up until three in the morning uh, doing a very exciting thing. I was looking through CSM six minutes uh, because I recall like in, in part of my brain, there was a uh, there was a presentation given by CSB Grayscale and CSB Ao, who is an actual economist. Uh, Dr. Ao is his uh, other name. Yeah. He works at the uh, University of Reykjavik. He used to be uh, employed by CCP and he'd be monitoring the uh, economy for this. Um, he gave a presentation to the CSM. Uh, I found the notes after hours of finding they were all redacted. So it was completely worthless, uh, more or less. Um, but they were talking about self-sufficiency and some of the dangers that it caused to the EVE economy. We're talking oh. back in uh, nine years ago. So this is uh, 2011, 2010, 2011. Uh, so this has been an issue that's kind of been around. Uh, their view at the time, their view at the time was that uh, they wanted a little bit more self-sufficiency because they didn't like that certain areas of the game had uh, hard caps on what minerals you could get. And they wanted people to import it and export a little bit less. Um, but it's still been an issue that CCB has been struggling. I don't want to say struggling with, but um, dealing with for as long as basically anyone's been playing the game. Yeah. Well, Dunk kind of hit on this right when he was hinting at, at the fact that he's, that he's hitting on that moon right now. Is that live, Dunk? Well, well, the That's point awesome. is, I'm just, playing, I'm just playing different videos I have because oh, okay. I. I, I think it's important more. what what Elise said because Dunk hinted at at the the problem back then was the opposite of now. It was the exact opposite of now. It was that slots were controlled by fewer entities. It was that there was uh, way more opportunities to create almost hard locked cartel stuff, and and you had this forced uh, balance of trade thing between uh, high sec and null. All these things were horrible and bad because they they, they they had grinded to a halt and they really benefited uh, some very uh, specific individuals and that needed to be broken up this was when we got things like alchemy this was when we got all these well quality of life changes but they yeah. just kept going they, they didn't they but, didn't but fix I, that and then and then stop yeah. they fixed that and kept going down that opposite direction to a point where now we need to roll it back to the middle because we need to have mm, N not the hard scarcities and, and not the hard lock stuff. We need to have it in the middle. We don't. We, we need not infinite slots, but not limited slots. We need something in between, something that can that, that can be an effect that we can work with, so we can maybe expand the number of slot, slots on the, on our structures and all of these things that we asked for because we could not rent pos slots to each other. It was just dumb, right? So you couldn't make money from just setting up a pos and 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 helping your court mates. You had all these risk issues and 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 no really uh, income opportunities or anything like that, and everyone kept asking for it, and we got it with structures, but we got it in a form where it was now v worthless. It didn't have any value because everyone uh -huh. can just put down one, and you have infinite slots. Okay. Um, any last comments on this? So. I just wanted to say, like, in terms of what uh, Caleb said, yeah, definitely we need to kind of like roll back to that kind of thing. But the other kind of thing is, you know, rolling back to the the resource distribution of, you know, of way back um, is kind of like, you know, we do reintroduce the 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 same issues, you know, you know, of uh, what we had back in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. But I think I think that's where the the third part of uh, like CCP solution is going to basically, you know, help us get away from you know the the issues of that of that kind of era, which is basically you know the dynamic redistribution. Like it may be slow, like it you know we're going to have to see the details uh, of that when it comes when it comes out, but like. 
you know, I think that'll be the the the, the thing that actually uh, helps uh, helps keep the uh, the sort of the resource allocation of uh, New Eden sort of in a degree of partial flux that'll keep the game alive consistently. Can I just t- tip my hat a little bit to CCP? Because to the best of my knowledge, every game developer out there that's ever tried to create and manage anything that's related to ecosystems have all failed. From day one, when Ultima tried this, everything like this has always failed. EVE is actually the only game I know of where this is partially working, even though it's a little bit out of balance. So it's still the only game that has any of this type of gameplay. And I think that's impressive. I think it goes back to its original DNA. And if we go and look at that a little bit and see if we can bring that into 2020, EVE is going to be amazing, potentially. That's a really yeah. scary thought that everyone who has ever tried this has failed and we're right in the middle of it. <laughs> I mean, I liked Ultima Online. Yeah. All right. Um, one last thing. Duncan, you and I were on uh, open comms on Sunday and I was trying to make a point that ended up uh, sounding like I was saying that Sadis uh, had inside information and was buying up all the Noxium with uh, a group of friends. So I want to make it very clear. I don't think that... Uh, that was trying to make a different point about uh, the CSM, their relationship to CCP and how much information they should be told because of the nature of information in this game. So uh, no shade on Sadis. Donk, you have anything? Uh, I think all EVE players can share this common goal is we want the game to be fun and we want to be enthusiastic about the future. And I wish that we could have news coming out of the people who make the game that made more players feel enthusiastic about the future because right now there's a bit of a enthusiasm gap and that's my biggest concern right all right change is great let's do it but let's make it something that people really are stoked about terrific thanks uh Arcia, caleb elise mcleod and our guest dunk who jumped in thank you for doing that and being flexible and also thank you to the audience really appreciate it Again, we have talking in stations all week long. We had some specials on this topic. Uh, You can check those out on our YouTube channel. Uh, And right now, if you like eBechoes or are interested in it, you should check out talking in stations on YouTube as we have our Echoes show that just started a few minutes ago. Uh, From all of us, thank you for showing up. That is all we have for this week. We will see you next week on the Weekend Report talking in stations. Thanks. Thanks.